It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast and network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of two, with a third coming any second, a Green Lantern fan and a Funko Pop collector. Uh, This week, uh, we're doing low-key shows. It's just me in the studio. And as I've explained these last couple days, it's because we didn't really know if there would be shows for this week uh, because literally my wife... uh, as I'm recording this, is about to burst at any given moment with this child uh, for which I will be indisposed for at least a few days. Uh, and so we we weren't sure this was going to happen. Since we are still not yet in the hospital, I am recording these really quickly just so we can have something for next week. Um, so they're going to be a little bit more low-key. We're not doing all our normal segments and standards, uh, but I do have some really good meat segments for you, the third segment. Uh, all week long, there have been some really fun topics, something that I've really wanted to talk about for a while, uh, but Mo's not big into you know to movies, so it would have been just me talking about it with her anyway. <laughs> But uh, on Monday, I did the 19 worst DC Comics movies of all time. Yesterday, I got to do the 19 best DC Comics movies of all time. And today, we're going to be talking about the 19 upcoming DC Comics movies. So many movies. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about everything ahead for the DCEU and then Flashpoint and beyond. Things that have been announced and never officially canceled that might still be coming into fruition at some point. We're going to be clearing up some myths and rumors about upcoming projects. We're going to be talking all about that later in the show today. Uh, but first, let me uh, let me talk to you about something. I'm not a I'm not I'm not typically a very political person. Like I don't I don't like to get involved in politics. I don't identify fully with Republicans or Democrats. Uh, but, uh, and I also wasn't a giant Trump supporter. Let's just put that out there right now. Uh, definitely not a giant Biden supporter either, but not a giant Trump supporter. I liked some of the stuff he did. Don't like who he is as a person. Didn't like everything that he did. Uh, (laughs) but with that said, during the Trump era, there just, there just seemed to be a lot of super shady things going on. Not from the Trump side, not necessarily from the Democratic side either, just from people that were like anti-conservative, anti-Trump, a lot of shady things. And the more time goes on, the more these shady things come to fruition. The, the, The most recent one before the one I'm about to talk about was the fact that, oh, yeah, actually, the government really did think and pretty much confirm that COVID did leak from a lab in Wuhan. We just weren't allowed to say that because Trump said it first, and we would, didn't want to be seen as agreeing with Trump. 
Really? Really? That's the kind of crap we're going to play? People's lives are in the dang balance, and you're like, well, I don't want to be seen agreeing with someone I disagree with most of the time, whether it's true or not. You had people deplatformed. You had people called racist. You had all this stuff. You had Facebook and YouTube taking down video after video that said it leaked from a lab in Wuhan, only to just reverse all that. Okay, well, I'm not going to get into that. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about <laughs> an insane story that happened uh, where there was apparently this big right-wing domestic terrorism plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer of Michigan. The problem is that it looks like it may have been set up from the start by the FBI itself. Now, this is a story coming from the, the largely left-wing BuzzFeed, and I'm going to give them credit here. Uh, in the last year or so, they have broken some severely damaging stories for left-wing politicians. Uh, they, how, how are we in a world where BuzzFeed is often more reliable than CNN? I don't understand. But left-wing BuzzFeed, this is not from some conservative news, Alice Flex. It's not the Daily Wire. It's not Alex Jones. It's not Glenn Beck. This is, a, this is an important part of the story. Examination of the case by BuzzFeed News also reveals that some of those informants acting under the direction of the FBI... Uh, played a far larger role than had previously been reported. Working in secret, they did more than just passively observe and report on the actions of the suspects. Instead, they had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. The extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether there would have even been a conspiracy at all without them. The FBI had informants in the group taking orders from the FBI, and it turns out that, again, under the direction of the FBI, these informants encouraged the illegal actions. Had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. inception. That's... <laughs> they were key figures in hatching the plot that led to the arrest of more than a dozen men who were supposedly radical terrorists. The FBI got it going! The extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether there would have even been a conspiracy without them. The entire plot that made national news about a band of right-wing militia members kidnapping the governor of a state was orchestrated by the FBI from the beginning. <sighs> Here are some examples of why BuzzFeed came to this conclusion. A longtime government informant from Wisconsin, for example, helped organize a series of meetings around the country where many of the alleged plotters first met one another. And the earliest notions of a plan took root, saying uh, some of those people say. The Wisconsin informant even paid for some hotel rooms and food as an incentive to get people to come. He the FBI started the meetings. Paid for hotel rooms. <laughs> they went out of their way to bring together nutcases from around the country to get this plan a rolling. <laughs> 
The Iraq war vet, for his part, became so deeply immersed in a Michigan militant group that he rose to become its second in command, encouraging members to collaborate with other potential suspects and paying for their transportation to meetings. He prodded the alleged mastermind of the kidnapping plot to advance his plan, then baited the trap that led to the arrest. One of the FBI co-conspirators was second in command of the group, encouraging them to bring in more and more people. He prodded the leader to actually go through with the plan. He paid for the meetings. This plot most likely would not have even come together if the FBI hadn't done all of this. They got names of people. They created a plot. They paid for the trip. They scheduled the meetings. They ran essentially the vice president role of this group, continuing to bring and bring more people. Now, I can see what you might be thinking. They go, well, oh, yeah, they just want to bring all these, these crazy people in to do this. Yes, but most of these crazy people had never committed any crime before this. Most of these crazy people just happen to be very right-wing, very conservative, uh, and had a lot of ideas. And so they thought, okay, well, that's not enough to arrest them. Let's put them in a room together, and let's hype them up with the idea that maybe, maybe they could do something about all this. This is a case where 15 people were charged, and according to BuzzFeed, the group also included more than a dozen police and FBI informants, meaning that nearly half of this group was made up of the FBI itself. Does this seem like some grand multi-state conspiracy by a bunch of right-wing lunatics? Or does it seem more like the FBI trying to gather a bunch of fringe anti-government people online and put them together and encourage them to commit a crime for which they could be arrested? The BuzzFeed article shows the plot in great detail. Under the direction of the FBI, their informant brought multiple groups together to form larger group and then convinced the larger group to plot to commit the crime. But don't worry, guys. Even though the FBI planned the kidnapping plot and brought all the key players together, they were bad guys after all. As evidence of this, BuzzFeed presents this group of memes that were shared among the terrorist group. <laughs> memes calling her a commie and a Nazi. That's that was that was the whole reason. That was the whole reason they started this. Cuz people were sharing memes because Whitmer was keeping the state in such a tight lockdown during COVID. That's it. That's it, guys. That's all of it. That's the whole story. Really? We're still spending all of our FBI resources on the the January 16th essentially walking tour of the Capitol building. Now, look, I'm not downplaying what it was. It, it was a group of people who went nuts and stormed the Capitol, but the only person that got hurt was one of the protesters. And you have heard stories that there was a guard that was killed there, and that is not true. That's never been true. 
there was a guard that was there that later died, but he died of like a, it was like a heart something or other. It was something that could not have happened from anything that happened to him. He was not hit with a, uh, a fire extinguisher, uh, or anything. I think the worst that happened to any of them is a sub pepper spray might've hit some of their eyes. I think that's it. And yeah, it was illegal, but this was not some pre-planned crazy thing. This was a, a riot, something that has been encouraged since the day Donald Trump took office by the left. People have died by the hundreds in these riots and uproars, starting with just America going nuts because Trump won and Hillary didn't. Like, do you not remember that? Do you not remember for the first two months of his presidency, every night there was a riot in another town? By people who were just upset. There was no, there was no cheating. There was no anything. There was nothing they could do other than say, we don't accept this. Not my president. All this stuff. Now we're seeing all this just backhanded stuff. I'm, you know, I'm willing, I'm, I'm starting to believe this stuff has always gone on. And it's only because we are reaching this level of uh, this this level of scrutiny around politics and and politicians uh, in the time that we live in with all the technology that we have that it's getting harder and harder to hide these things forever. It just makes me sad. Again. Not not some right wing crazy. Uh, I I lean conservative. I'm not a Republican. Uh, there's a lot wrong on both sides, in my opinion. But no matter what side you're in, this is some crazy, messed up stuff. It's some crazy conspiracy level stuff, and I'm kind of terrified about what we're gonna see next. But let's stop talking about that. We're going to have some more weird news when we come back. Stick around. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So we have this thing in our church where we tell our leaders, don't say no for people. Because in our own flesh, we want to say no because saying no for people before we ask the question is easier than actually asking the question. We get in a place of anxiety or apathy or fear where we would just rather assume people's answer will be no than us actually having to take the step to say, will you help? Or will you be involved? Or can I have this opportunity? We would rather just assume no than be slightly bold and ask people to be involved. And I know that for me, I have this experience just this past week. Uh, GalaxyCon Raleigh is the largest con in the Carolinas. And... For years, I've been involved and have had the opportunity to do like a full geek church service at this. But with pandemic-y things, I ended up booking a Bible camp before GalaxyCon announced when they were going to be. 
and my camp overlapped with the con and I couldn't cancel the camp in good conscience so I just said all right not doing the con but then this past week people started hitting me up asking hey are you gonna be there you're our favorite thing we're doing there oh we hey we really want to go to geek church can you show up and I told people no I mean there's no way they'll say yes it's way too close to the show and you know it won't work and then someone really just begged me and I said okay fine I'll ask and I said I'll ask thinking there's no way they're gonna say yes but I asked and literally four minutes later they said yes they gave me a full church service and a panel and a ticket to all four days at the con I had said no before I had even given them the opportunity in Matthew 7 verse 7 Jesus states clearly ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open for you how many things are you missing out on because you've told God no instead of simply asking him remember to catch faith and fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the back row morning show only on LTN radio and if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our comic-con ministry podcasts memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and uh, though we're not doing it this week, typically every week, we uh, record on Twitch. We have started recording like certain segments of every, every day's show. So like the first and second segment of the show for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are recorded on Twitch the Friday or Saturday before. And uh, it's fun because we get to interact with you. You get to comment like on the news stories that we read. You get to play games with us sometimes. We get to have you on and argue on Discord most Tuesdays. You get to react to like the junk food and stuff that we spotlight. It's really fun. And then we save... The main segment, the meat segment, the third segment, uh, to do off air. And that's the one where Mo and I can really focus on a specific topic without being distracted by Twitch at the same time. Uh, And it's worked out really well for us. Uh, The first week that we have tried it last week, it worked really, really well, beyond what we expected. And so we would love for you to be a part of that. You can go see exactly how that went because we put the entire Twitch stream up. I mean, we edited a tiny bit, but we put the you know 99% of the Twitch stream up from last week on our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.ltnonair.com and uh, you can see the full Twitch stream from the Backroom Morning Show for last week. Uh, it was a blast. We had a blast. We had a lot of fun and you can see what goes on there and if you'd like to be a part of that then go follow us at twitch.ltnonair.com. And you can also join our Discord, and you can be one of the people that's on with us uh, to you know play games or argue about random internet stuff by uh, joining the Discord at backrowdiscord.com. Now, before we move on to our final segment uh, here in the second segment, I've got just a, a single weird news story for you. And this is out of... Florida. This is this is a Florida man story. A man in Dora, Florida, escaped from a mall store with stolen goods last Saturday by spraying everyone in his way with bear repellent. 
According to police, at least 30 people required treatment for their injuries, Dora Police spokesman Ray Valdez told CNN. About 15 of the Mace victims were employees of Bath and Body Works at Miami International Mall. One had to be taken to the hospital after taking a direct hit of spray to the face, according to Valdez. Police noted the seriousness of the attack as each sickened person could be considered a victim of aggravated battery. The suspect is potentially looking at 30 to 35 felonies. Store employees told police the suspect had stolen candles. With Valdez acknowledging, this is one of those only in Miami stories. Suspect was last seen leaving the mall in a taxi. Investigators are working to identify the individual. Uh, dude, if what you're stealing is candles i feel like this is one of those just walk out of the store situations ain't nobody gonna chase you down for some candles candles are wax dude they're the cheapest thing on the planet aside from just straight up dirt you stole candles also what what position in your life do you have to be in where stealing candles is going to solve any problem in your life? Like what? what? <laughs> like, are you broke? Like you spent all your money on like an engagement dinner for your girl. And you know, the one thing that's going to put it over the edge and she's going to say yes to you is just some beautiful freaking candles, man, around the room. I mean, I can't understand. I don't understand any other possible scenario where you would be stealing candles. You can't sell. You can't turn around and resell candles. What are you going to be doing? Candles are cheap. Anybody that needs candles that badly can go to the Dollar Tree right now and get a 10 pack of tea candles. I mean, there is no reason, no reason at all to be stealing candles. They will get you nothing. <laughs> oh, I really feel bad for the, what, 15 to 30 people that got hit in the face with bear mace? My gosh. Bear mace is so much more powerful than normal mace that's used on humans. I mean, good night. I really do hope they catch this guy because he deserves to face potentially 30 to 35 felonies. Because that's just some overpowered nonsense. You'll go in there, steal candles, and spray everybody in the face with bear mace. I just don't understand it. Don't understand Florida, man. Don't understand Florida. Hey, stick around. When we come back, it's the meat segment. We're going to be discussing the 19 upcoming DC Comics films. You're not going to want to miss it. This week in nerd history, a cross between an English white-collar worker and a rabbit. Nerd history. 
That's how science fiction writer Al Sprague de Camp described Hobbits in his review of The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. Overall, he thought the story was a big, leisurely, colorful, poetical, sorrowful, adventuresome romance. The Fellowship of the Ring, the first of the three volumes of the epic novel series, The Lord of the Rings, was released in the UK on July 29, 1954, and pulled in quite a few positive reviews at the time. Novelist H.A. Blair wrote in the Church Quarterly Review that the work told poetic truth, appealing to unconscious archetypes, and that it had a lot of Christian echoes and emphasis. Catholic reviewer Christopher Derrick wrote in the tablet that Tolkien displayed amazing fertility in creating his world and almost succeeds in devising an elevated diction. The novelist Naomi Mitchison praised the work in The New Statesman and Nation, stating that, above all, it's a story magnificently told with every kind of color and movement and greatness. And Tolkien's friend and fellow author C.S. Lewis wrote in The Time and Tide that the book created a new world of romance and myth without allegorical pointing with a powerful sense of history. However, not all the reviews were positive. Poet W.H. Auden claimed that the attempt at light humor in the beginning of the book was not Tolkien's forte, and literary critic Edmund Wilson wrote an unflattering review entitled, Ooh, Those Awful Orcs, where the reviewer goes on to list many of these praises and then says, how can so many people love what I consider balderdash? In a direct quote from the review, he says, the answer is, I believe, that certain people, especially perhaps in Britain, have a lifelong appetite for juvenile trash. Yikes. Of course, a couple negative reviews did nothing to slow down this classic in the making. Even now, the series grows with six different movies and a Netflix series on the way. Not to mention the millions of people in every generation since its release that have fallen in love with the series. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and uh, when today's show is over, make sure you check out lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, other podcasts and videos, and a lot more. And if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, even specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Over the course of the last two days, we have taken you through the 19 worst and then the 19 best movies that have ever been released theatrically from DC Comics. And uh, it may surprise you to know there are at least 19 more already on the horizon planned out for the future of the DC Extended Universe uh, which has always kind of been an unofficial title, isn't it? It's just the DC movie universe. It's weird. Now, <laughs> the, the strange thing, the problem, and I brought this up yesterday, the problem with DC movies has been that when they release a movie that doesn't do as well as they'd hoped, they abandon ship, they abandon their plans, and go a different direction. And initially that meant scrapping every plan and starting from scratch, which is what they did with Green Lantern. Green Lantern was supposed to be the start of a new, like massive connected universe of DC comic movies. 
it was going to be the beginning. And uh, as I went off in, in on Monday's show, man, I wish they would have stuck with that. I wish they would have stuck with that and continued to build off it uh, because that second movie would have probably been really good. That first movie was confuddled because they crammed too much stuff into it, and it had a little bit too much of the cartoony campishness that people weren't wanting anymore in their superhero movies, and they could have corrected that in the second movie. The second movie could have toned down on the CGI, toned down on the goofball stuff, and hyped up a really good story as they were setting up the Sinestro uh the the fear lanterns the 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 sinestro core like it oh it would have taken off guys it would have taken off and you know that's where they were going because they had that teaser clip after credits of sinestro picking up a yellow ring and then they abandoned it because green lantern did terribly <laughs> <laughs> and here's the deal Marvel doesn't do that. Not all of Marvel's movies in the MCU have been huge successes. <coughs> Thor, Dark World. <coughs> Who likes that movie? Who likes Thor, Dark World? But at the same time, who doesn't love Thor Ragnarok? That's one of the best movies in the whole MCU. And it's because they decided to stick it out and keep going and build on what worked and remove what didn't, but not scrap everything entirely. The DCU, the DC, the DCEU, Warner Brothers, behind DC Comics movies, does not seem to have that same level of commitment. It's like they're just jostling around trying to figure out which, uh, which apple to pick from where. And in the end, they wind up just with a, a mess instead. Like it's, it's, it's worse now because we are in the extended universe of DC comics movies that they're committed to, but at the same time have very little direction for. They're not abandoning it. They're just changing how it's going to work for now, which will likely take us, you know, 10, 15 years into the future before we get back to where they want it to be already. Man of Steel, not the best movie, but it was all right. It was good enough to launch their thing. Batman versus Superman, the original theatrical release was hot garbage. The director's cut, much better, but still not as great as they wanted it to be. Justice League, the Joss Whedon version, hot garbage. Everybody panned it. The Snyder Cut came out. People loved that one much more, despite its flaws, but that story is no longer being told. Then we have the movies like Aquaman and Wonder Woman which are phenomenal. Shazam, amazing. Some of the best movies in the history of DC Comics. And so they know they can't just scrap everything. So what are they going to do? Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it and we'll see 
if it works. Now, you know the MCU right now is going to start taking a multiverse approach. Uh, and that's that's really ramping up as we're getting into this next season of Marvel movies. DC Comics appears to be doing the same thing, and they've been ramping up for that, too. And so we'll talk about that here in just a bit. But let's start working through this list of upcoming DC Comics movies in the order of their release. And the first one is coming out quick, like uh, about about a about a week, about a week from now, uh, a little over a week from now. Next next Friday, August 6th. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. <laughs> Despite the fact that it'll have some of the same characters and it's in the same universe, this is a completely different movie. The Suicide Squad, uh, which if you've not seen a preview for it yet, looks miles better than the original, but who knows? Uh, Warner Brothers looked at some intriguing names to replace director David Ayer on the Suicide Squad sequel. Mel Gibson was approached towards the end of 2016, but Warner Brothers eventually moved on and offered it uh, to Jamie Colette Serra of The Shadows and nonstop fame only to see him pass. Gavin O'Connor was subsequently set to direct, but while the film seemed uh, primed to start shooting in fall of 2018, O'Connor was... Uh, Apparently taking a too similar take to the Birds of Prey movie, which started first, so he just left. <laughs> so they hired James Gunn. James Gunn was a good choice, and I really hope it pays off. Uh, Will Smith did not want to come back. Margot Robbie, though, is back as Harley Quinn, probably the most important member of the cast to continue. Um, Idris Elba is uh, set to play Bloodsport instead of just replacing Deadshot. He's playing Bloodsport. Uh, but I think originally he was going to just be replacing Will Smith as Deadshot. Uh, I'm glad they went another character direction because it's always weird. It's always weird when you have to replace a character. It's still, it's still shocking to me to see Mark Ruffalo replace Edward Norton in the MCU even though we try not to forget it or, 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 or James Rhodey's character being changed. <laughs> John, you know, Don Cheadle showing up in Iron Man two. <laughs> Look, it's me. I'm here. Let's move on. Like that was a good nod <laughs> to everybody in the theater saying who the heck that's Rhodey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, this, this movie looks campy and silly in all the best ways, and I really hope it is. I cannot wait to watch it. I really hope it's going to be good. John Cena's in this freaking movie. It's Peacemaker, and they're so gung-ho about this Peacemaker character, they're already almost done feel, f filming an entire HBO Max series based around the character. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this, but I was looking forward to the original Suicide Squad, too. So... <laughs> We don't know. Coming up next is March 4th, 2022, The Batman. Now, this is starring uh, um, uh, the vampire kid from the Twilight series. Uh, now, he actually looks like he's going to do a great job in this. And uh, it's, it's going to be kind of a standalone movie, and I don't know the whole thing behind it. I don't think this is supposed to be 
Ben Affleck's Batman as a kid. Or, well, you know, as a young, younger person becoming Batman for the first time. I believe this is supposed to be a completely separate version of Batman. Possibly from a different universe. Just like Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Different universe version of Joker. Not the same as uh, 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 Suicide Squad Joker. Jared Leto's Joker. And I believe this is supposed to be the same thing. Robert Pattinson looks good from what I've seen. Could be really, really good movie. Not sure what the movie's all going to be about. Does appear, though, this will be kind of a a Batman Begins-esque type story. Early, early, early on, if not his first year year one kind of thing but it is not supposed to be an origin story per se just early on uh actually i don't think i think i think they actually talked about this i don't think it's year one i think this is supposed to be like the second year officially that bruce wayne is batman and it's supposed to be more of a mystery thriller kind of thing and not so heavy on the action. I don't know. It's 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 a different take. And I'm glad they're going a different route because we've had the Batman story told to death. And it's going to be really hard to compete with the, uh, the Nolan trilogy when it comes to standalone Batman films. I think Ben Affleck was a great choice for Batman. But we didn't see a standalone Ben Affleck Batman movie. And uh, I think that helped him because, again, hard, hard to connect uh, with a new Batman after watching the Nolan trilogy. And so having him be in exclusively uh, shared screen movies with other heroes, that made it a little easier to swallow. But we'll see. We'll see. Next up, Black Adam is coming out July 29th, 2022. Black Adam is, uh, of course, in the Shazam universe of uh, heroes and villains. Black Adam, as a character, is kind of both. Kind of, kind of, kind of both, depending on the time. He's more like a well. He's more like a villain who reluctantly helps every now and then uh, in the comics. Going to be played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, which I think was a great choice uh i i hope they keep the tone of the shazam movies and they make this a little bit more on the fun side instead of all dark um and this movie is also supposed to introduce the justice society of america with uh, adam smasher dr fate hawkman cyclone i think that'll be fun none of the none of the heroes that are also like justice league superheroes so you're not seeing like original Flash, original Green Lantern, or any of those, but uh, it's still going to be good. That's going to be a good movie, I hope. I really hope. Uh, and then The Flash. Now, this is the big one. This one has been in production for what feels like ever. Now, I believe it's on the tail end of its filming schedule, and it is set to come out November 4th of 2022. It has confirmed to be starring... Not only Ezra Miller as The Flash, but Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck as two different versions of Batman, which 
heavily implies this is going to be a flashpoint story and i believe that's what it's always meant to be and that is the multiverse going wonky and then once it's over once barry allen thinks that he's fixed it things have changed but nobody realizes it and this is the new universe moving forward that's what happened in the comic book story uh one of the best comic book you know, crisis events that have happened in the DC Comics universe, but it brought about the New 52, which was largely, well, I don't say largely, just it was split. It split fans. Uh, it was good in a lot of ways. It was bad in a lot of ways. And that's kind of what I feel like they're having to do here. And the reason why is because, like I said, things weren't going as good as WB wanted. And instead of trying to build on that and learn from that and continue the story forward to keep some sort of continuity, they're hitting the reset button and trying their best to do what exactly what they do in the comic books whenever they have events like this keep what keep what's working and rework what's not and by rework i mean recast and redo and change up and uh, a new origin story all kinds of stuff for a lot of other people so i don't know if this leads to Robert Pattinson's Batman also at the tail end of that movie being the new Batman, a new younger Batman. Um, I don't know. I really don't know the plan. It's going to be weird, but this is supposed to be able to fix some of the issues by altering the timeline. Um, it's, it's a big ask. It's a big ask of this movie. Now, I think this movie can be great, and I hope to God that, they, that they're able to balance the story well enough that it is a fun movie with a compelling story that is satisfactorily concluded with this new series, with these new heroes, with this new timeline, and that they commit to this. Uh, Supergirl is also in the movie, uh, played by Sasha Cali. It's unclear if these guest superheroes are going to continue in DC Comics properties moving forward or not. Um, if they do, that's great. But there's two outcomes that I see happening with this movie. One... We reformulate into a new main timeline with main superheroes or two, we split apart everything and we're back to an unconnected DC universe, which I don't think is the best plan because everything is connected universes now for better or for worse. Fans are going to expect crossovers. Fans are going to expect a connected universe. And so if we're going back to separate things where superheroes basically exist in a vacuum, then eh, nobody's going to want to, that's going to take a, an air of believability out of the story because we know there's supposed to be other superheroes out there. That was the issue with all single superhero movies in the past. The one glaring question was where are all the other superheroes at? <laughs> Uh, because if they're like world-ending events, they should be existing right now. Which, of course, you know, we knew, well, they're not going to cast an entire DC universe uh, to play alongside Christopher Reeve. But that was still a question in the back of our minds because we know that's how comics work. And so if we're going to go back to that, 
where every superhero exists in a vacuum. There's no crossover ever, no mention of others. That's going to be difficult to swallow. So we'll see. But from here forward, you'll notice there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunity for crossover. And so that really throws that question out there even harder. Are they just going to double down on not having superheroes acknowledge the existence of any other superheroes anymore? Here we go. In December, a month later <laughs> of 2022, Aquaman sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is coming out. Uh, this is uh, this is James Wan. This is James Wan taking on a sequel, which he is he is uh, uh, hard pressed to do. He doesn't like making two movies in a same series. Uh, generally, so it's kind of a big deal that he's still in on this. Uh, everybody seems to be coming back for it, and uh, I mean, Aquaman one was just just a runaway hit, like amazingly good, and so hopefully this one blows it out of the water. There was another spinoff called The Trench that was supposed to be happening, focusing on those. Uh, characters from the first Aquaman movie, and that has been canceled. Um, so all all their all their Aquaman eggs are in this basket, and uh, I hope I hope against hope it continues on. Next up is Shazam: Fury of the Gods. This comes in June second, twenty twenty three. Uh, Zachary Levi back again, and uh, I again. This is just like Aquaman. It was such a good movie. I really hope they can continue on and uh, get this done in a fun way. And then I hope that again turns into another sequel where Black Adam and, and uh, Shazam meet. That would be fun. Wonder Woman 3, that has been announced. No release date yet. Uh, this, this is supposed to be the third of a three movie arc for Wonder Woman, for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Uh, don't know what time it's set in. Don't know if that's going to be in the present now or if it's going to be in the, the 90s or the early 2000s. Who knows? Um, but Gal Gadot is back for that. Patty Jenkins is back directing it. Uh, I can't see anything wrong with this. Like these, these, these last three movies are no-brainers. They have to happen because they are some of the best DC Comics properties in movies right now. And so, yeah, it's got to happen. Now, there is another Superman movie, and they're call a lot of people are calling it a reboot. I'm not certain it qualifies as a reboot, because it really sounds like a multiverse story. This is a new Superman story, and... Uh, uh, if, 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 you, if you heard this story briefly or read this headline a few months ago and you thought that this was they're recasting Superman as a black man, that's not what's happening. Uh, I remember they did that same thing with one of the James Bond movies recently. The headlines were like 007 will be a black person for the first time ever. And then you read the story and you're like, but it's not James Bond. James Bond just loses that title. He doesn't get to be called 007 anymore and they move it to somebody else. Like it was a fake out. The headline though was deliberate to cause uproar. <laughs> 
this, and it has nothing to do with race, by the way, people that get upset about this stuff, has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with wanting to keep the continuity of the original character from the comics straight. We don't want to change up things that have no reason to be changed, and I understand that. This character, this Superman version, uh, is not Clark Kent uh, as a black man. Like, it's, it's not that change. It is a different Superman from a different universe. I cannot remember the name of that Superman off the top of my head, but he's been in the comics for years. Um, mostly surrounding around multiverse stories. Uh, I think in one instance, he's, he's president and Superman at the same time. Uh, I think they were kind of going for a Barack Obama feel at one point. I think this was in the New 52 when they did this. I apologize. I don't have so much information on it. I just know for a fact that this is not them just taking uh, the Clark Kent story and changing everything that everybody knows around just for the sake of, I don't know, equality or whatever you call it. This is another character also named Superman and why not give him a shot, right? The Man of Steel movies, uh, or the Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League trilogy, uh, you know, didn't really hit all the punches that they want. Why not take a break? The the Christopher, uh, or, or, or rather the Brendan Ralph Superman didn't hit all the punches that we wanted. The last two Christopher Reeves Superman movies were pure garbage. It's been hard to make a good Superman movie for a long time, so why not try a different version for a while? Huh? Huh? So, uh, give it give it a chance, is all I'm saying. Uh, another movie that's been announced is Zatanna. Zatanna uh, is a, a magician superhero. Um... The, the most I know of her was from Smallville, where she was a, a recurring character in the later seasons. Um, I mean, she's got a lot of lore to her, there's a, and it's being produced by Bad Robot. It could be good, but it's going to be one of those outsider kind of movies, one of those weird movies that's not focused on the main superheroes that you're planning on seeing. But if Marvel has proven anything... It's that you can still tell compelling, compelling stories with some of those outsider characters. Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, most people didn't even bother acknowledging their existence on the comic shelf until that movie came out. So, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo anything that tries. Uh, another movie announced is uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, no date on that. Uh, filming was supposed to begin this fall. I'm not sure if that's still going to happen. Uh, but uh, Blue Beetle, it's going to be telling the story of the new Blue Beetle, I believe. Not uh, not any of the two previous versions that you might uh, know already. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because Blue Beetle rarely stands alone in the comics. It's always been a team up of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold that really draws people into Blue Beetle as a character. And uh, I believe there was at one point an announced movie of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And uh, I don't know where that went. I don't know where that went. I hope that Booster Gold is still in this movie even if it's more of a focus on Blue Beetle instead of them as a duo. Uh, 
but uh, they work best together, man. They're the buddy cop team. They're the they're the team that play off of each other. Uh, both versions, both of the latest versions of Blue Beetle in the comics, and uh, yeah, I, 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 that's what I need. And so I don't know. I don't know if I even really want to see just a Blue Beetle movie. You know, I will, but that's not what I want. I don't think that's what most people want. Uh, Batgirl has been announced. Um, not a whole lot from here on out. There's not a whole lot that we know about the movie. Uh, this, this has been trying to be made since 2017. Uh, in fact, they tried to get Joss Whedon to write it and direct it, uh, back then. And things just, things just keep going wrong as they typically do, uh, with, (laughs) uh, with, WB Productions for DC Comics. Uh, the reason why that an- initially got kicked is because Joss Whedon had to take over directorial duties for Justice League when Zack Snyder had to step aside for family reasons. And uh, it just, yeah, it, it was kind of gone. Uh, 20, by 2018, they didn't even have a story for it. And so what do we do? <laughs> Where do we go from here? Uh, it was just this past May that they finally said that they have a director uh, and and a writer for the script, but they're nowhere close to having it developed and ready to go. Black Hawk. Uh, this one is still in, in uh, development, but they are trying to get Steven Spielberg to direct it. Uh, the project is based on a DC comic of the same name, which revolved around a team of ace pilots during World War II. This is less a superhero movie uh, than a comic book movie. And uh, when initially announced, uh, all we know for sure is that Spielberg is is hopefully going to produce the film and possibly direct it. Uh, but it's very tenuous. Spielberg has a lot of fingers in a lot of pots at all times. Um, but... If the right script comes along, they could pull this off. Uh, I I can see how this is a big challenge. Because not only is it a DC movie, it's also not really a superhero movie. This is more along the lines of the Jonah Hex style movie, which Jonah Hex was a garbage fest. So this is one of those other properties that's still clinging on in DC Comics that has nothing to do with superheroes from their early days. Uh, There is a Black Hawk superhero inspired by these characters, but this is not about that. So that's where we are. Those are all the movies that, uh, well, almost all the movies that have been uh, figured out. Now, there are a few more on this list that are big giant question marks but have been announced as in development there's an untitled jared leto joker movie still being reported as in development despite the fact that jared leto is apparently moving into the sony spider-verse for his morbius movie uh this is supposed to be a completely different (laughs) Joker-focused movie than Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. 
no idea if it's supposed to be tied to the Suicide Squad movies. No idea if it's supposed to be tied to the Zack Snyder Batman stuff. No idea if it's even actually still happening, but the rumors are still out there. And in addition to that, a separate untitled Joker slash Harley Quinn movie is planned. Now, I would love this because this would give some sort of uh, 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 real backstory to their couple ship, couple dumb, and maybe fall from that that we saw in Birds of Prey. We've seen a lot of story about Joker and Harley Quinn, but all from Harley Quinn's perspective and very little from Joker's. And uh, even more of that was hinted in the the Zack Snyder Justice League like uh, teaser teaser clip at the end of the movie, into the credits. Like, there's a lot to this story that I would love to see play out, including its origins. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a great story in the comics. And seeing that on screen would be fantastic. Don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, Supergirl is in development as well. Now, like I said, Supergirl is going to appear in the Flash movie coming out next year. And so if... They're going to be continuing on with that version of Supergirl, or if they're going to be coming up with a new universe version of Supergirl, nobody knows. But the screenplay is being written, apparently, by the same person who wrote The Cloverfield Paradox. Not much else is known. Um, we'll see. We'll see how The Flash goes, and we'll see how uh, uh, how well that character resonates with people. And I think that'll largely determine whether or not this movie will even exist. Next up is a Nightwing movie, which I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if this one's going to happen. This might be this might be shelved for a while because right now they're focusing on Nightwing in the Titan series on on HBO Max, and it's doing fairly well. I've been watching. I watched those first two seasons, which were all about building up. Well, not all about, but with the main character, it was about building him up into Nightwing being his own superhero. Uh, I think it's been brilliantly told, uh, if not a little, maybe a little too rough, but still a good story. And so I'm not sure they're going to want to do this uh, for a long time. So... Who knows if this will even happen? It does have a director, uh, but I don't think it's anywhere near written or anything of that nature. So even announcing the director right now seems premature. So we shall see. Uh, Justice League Dark is also supposed to be in development right now, which would focus on Constantine and and uh, maybe Dead Man. Um, the Enchantress from that first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole list. There's a whole list of, of dark versions. Spectre, uh, possibly even Swamp Thing, since uh, its TV show bombed. Uh, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Could be fun. Could be fun. And then uh, there's still rumors of... An untitled Man of Seal 2 sequel. Henry Cavill, possibly still in the role. As, as recently as 2019, he said he hadn't given up yet that that movie was going to come to fruition. It's been 
still been worked on in the background off and on for a while now would Zack snyder be invited back to to direct this one i don't know <laughs> probably not because i think they want to move on from Zack snyder um yeah i i have no idea all i do know is that this is not that other superman movie that we talked about before so if this comes to get which i i like henry cavill and i i really want him to have a a perfect superman movie and so one more could be good and if it's in a new multiverse new version world of the dc uh, extended universe after the flash then it could be a, a redo a reboot told in a better way um why not hey why not why not give it another shot and then there's also the untitled deathstroke movie which was teased at at the end of justice league but again one of those questions of is this gonna happen deathstroke was supposed to be the primary villain in ben affleck's standalone batman movie and so mm, that ain't happening <laughs> he might be in the flash who knows the flash is supposed to have a whole lot of surprises that we're not even aware of could be really fun but would we get a deathstroke movie now after that i don't know and they've also focused heavily on deathstroke on titans as well so who knows if they're ever going to go down this road but as of right now uh joe mangiliano has not given up hope that he'll get to reprise his role in the future. And that's it. That is the 19 movies that are still upcoming, uh, as it stands right now, in the DC movie timeline. Uh, as for if any of these will actually come to pass, I think we're, I think we're good all the way up through uh, maybe Zatanna. But beyond that, I think it's really up in the air. And I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm certain we'll get, I'm certain we're going to get that Superman, that different version of Superman. I'm certain we're going to get Wonder Woman 3, Shazam, Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. All of those are going to happen. I'm, I'm positive of it. And those are the first three movies coming after The Flash. But beyond that, I feel like it's all up in the air. And I feel like they might all be just kind of left in the dust, like that uh, Lobo movie that, that that they teased. And now there's, nah, never mind. That would have been fun, right? Anyway, that's been our list of 19 movies coming up soon. We'll see if the DC Universe gets any better. Meanwhile, Marvel still out there kicking, kicking butt. Ugh, it's got to be good to have them Disney dollars, right? Stick around. I'll be right back to close out the show. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, it's your verse for the day. Luke 8, 16. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. That's going to do it for our show today. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8, p- 8 a.m. Eastern, not 8 p.m., sorry, 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, that's all right. You can find the Background Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it and we'll love you forever. Also, the podcast feed is now offering a weekly highlight episode calling the weekly rollback focusing on just the main topics for the week for those of you who can't commit to the full three shows a week i understand it people are busy there's a lot of podcasts out there make sure you're following us on all the socials we're on facebook twitter tiktok just search for at the back row ltn and connect with us tune in tomorrow morning for a back row rewind we're going to bring you a classic episode of the back row morning show and we should be back with new episodes next week and we hope you will too once again i'm radio matt and if nobody else tells you we promise that it's true jesus loves you nerd Come on.